Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, EKN Nation. Welcome to another edition of the EKN uh, Debrief Podcast. This is episode number 81, Tuesday, May the 25th. Uh, coming home after a uh, interesting weekend at the Supercarts USA Pro Tour Spring Nationals. It was windy. It was cool. It got a little bit warm. A little bit of everything at the Utah Motorsports Campus in Grantsville, Utah. But all in all, getting rounds three and four in the book. Some pretty good racing. And a number of new winners, which we'll talk about uh, throughout this podcast. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole. As we like I said, to give you our podcast or race report of the event in Utah. This week's show presented by Parolin USA. It all started in 1994 when former kart driver Albino Parolin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Parolin was born. Parolin USA is North America's source for Parolin products, and we run a factory team at all the major Supercarts USA, USPKS, and Rock Cup USA events. The Parolin chassis lineup for 2021 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag single-speed chassis for junior and senior drivers, and the 28-mil opportunity model for the cadet classes. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parolin. For more information, head to ParolinUSA.com. David, let's bring you in, man. We both flew home last uh, yesterday. It was uh, an early morning getting out of the hotel, but all in all, uh, a pretty good weekend at the Spring Nationals. We had some challenges in terms of being outside with our broadcast booth. Uh, the tower, of course, taken up by Scoot Supercarts USA's video marshalling system and all the officials they have part of the program. You and I were on top of a container for one day with rain threatening <laughs> on uh, on Sunday. We moved into the top uh, top floor of a stacker trailer. Definitely not ideal, but we were able to get things done and, and essentially get through the weekend. Yeah, electronics and rain don't mix. So that was the main concern sure. for us moving on Sunday. When you get you know, a 47% chance of rain and it did actual sprinkle. Uh, you know, we, we wanted to make sure that we weren't going to be interrupted, uh, for our broadcast and for those listening at home, because, you know, there's, there's a good, you know, hundred to 200 people listening at home each weekend to uh, our EKN live broadcast. So, uh, we want to make sure we keep them updated. Uh, yeah, we did have some, uh, some technical issues track side with where we were and, and the PA system that w- that's in place. So yeah. um, we were able, able to overcome that and at least to, uh, provide, you know, our, our live coverage uninterrupted, uninter- not interrupted uh, throughout the two days. So, uh, yeah, P- yeah P- PA issues, as you said, the, the, the system there at the track is significantly old, probably the same system from 2006. So we really weren't able to push much volume out over the PA as well because we weren't actually inside the tower to use to use the actual PA in the tower. So it was it was a challenge for sure. We, we, we soldiered through it, got it done. The bottom line is uh, the racing on track went uh, through, it got done by the end of Sunday. We were able to provide the, lo- the live broadcast, as you said. Uh, but again, this this event taking place this past weekend, the uh, Pro Tour Spring Nationals, the eleventh running of the Spring Nationals, the tw- uh, the twelfth season of the Pro Tour, no twelfth running of the Spring Nats, even though that was the very first race back in two thousand ten, as there was not a Spring Nats last year. The uh, the canceled uh, Winter Nats, and then of course the six race two weekend Summer Nationals uh, in August. Summer Newcastle. Festival. You can't. I don't, I don't really count that the Summer Nationals. You can't really call it the Summer Nationals, right? Yeah. I, it's, it, you know, the 2020 season really is an asterisk, <laughs> yeah. at least for the Sakuza Pro Tour, when you have th- yeah. six rounds of racing in, in two weekends at the same racetrack. So Agreed. it's 
you know, it, it, it was a unique season of its own. I mean, you don't you can't take away the championships that all the drivers uh, earned over over the six rounds of racing because they were able to do that. Uh, but, it you know, you can't I don't you can't call it a real summer nationals because it, it truly wasn't uh, what the summer nationals was. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a, again back to the real life, back to what we do right now. Six rounds over three weekends. And of course, the best five counts. So we saw a number of drivers here this past weekend, David, and we'll get into this. When we get in, into the race report. There are people that didn't want to use their uh, their drop early. Well, they've already used it. Ryan Norberg bring, being one. We'll talk more about that. But overall, Dave, we kind of touched a bit on the on the weather. Uh, I, I like your tagline here in our, in our script. Uh, wind, wind, and more wind. That's pretty much what happened all weekend. That was pretty much the story in terms of weather. Uh, you know, you go to the desert and you expect warm and dry conditions. Um, dry, yes, maybe, aside from that little sprinkle we got. But it was mostly about the wind. Uh it, and, and the strange thing about being in that area, you're essentially in the valley between two mountain ranges. The wind tends to shift direction. So it would come at us from the south during the morning. And especially Saturday, I think that's when we had that uh, that dust devil come come roaring through the track and then right the paddock the as well. <laughs> yeah. Right in the middle. right? It followed the start finish line, to be uh, to be it honest. Yeah. Knocked over the uh, the flag stand there and, and, and sent some people running for cover. Uh, but that was when the wind shifted and it started coming in from like the northeast. So uh, it's it's a strange area in terms of weather. And that even talking to the locals, they're like, yeah, we can't predict the weather. I mean, we just kind of go with what's what's provided to us at the moment and go with it. Uh, you know, you could have, you know, 80 degree one day and, and again, turn around the next day, be 50 degrees and uh, and really windy like it was all weekend long in uh, in Grantsville. Yeah, just a very short and light sprinkle on Sunday morning. We saw the, the drivers and the teams for the X30 Junior Class coming up with the wet tires on the cart stands, wondering whether or not they would need to make the move. Uh, but the sprinkle came and then and actually ended up going away. So we didn't, didn't get any wet weather racing at all. Uh, David, let's take the opportunity right now to look at the numbers as well. Uh Winter Nationals, 211 drivers. I know that we rolled for the Spring Nationals. I think I think the pre-entry was about 217. Uh, looks like they, they did get a, a number of walk-ups, but had, they had a number of cancellations as well. I got some emails through from Paddy Kutcher just to say, tell me who, who wasn't actually coming. So a handful of people not able to get to the track, some due to, to COVID travel restrictions, uh, but they did have some walk-ups. A total of 221 entries, all told a pretty good, uh, a pretty good turnout paddock-wise. Yeah, a solid number in terms of, uh, you know, the conditions that obviously we're, we're in with COVID regarding international drivers, you know, especially in Canada, there's a lot of drivers that uh, are, are not uh, up to uh, the, the quarantining rules and, and cho- choose to stay home. So there's a lot of that going on. Uh, but to be able to be up at least 10 from from what the winter nationals were, obviously, it's a, a big difference difference in terms of uh distance between the two events so the the winter nationals more east coast based where this is a little bit more west coast so we didn't see a number of the uh a lot of east coast drivers actually attend but it's been a long stretch of races from basically the beginning of january till now uh you know essentially five full months of racing uh from coast to coast be it you know florida and california and now all the regional stuff and USPKS and other programs that are starting up, just just a lot of racing going on. 
Indeed. And if you actually look at the, the number, the breakdown of the numbers, two categories with strong uh, increases in numbers. Again, East Coast, West Coast, right? Like David said, uh, East Coast, we lost some drivers from Florida, but we didn't have a lot of West Coast drivers or some of the West Coast drivers at New Orleans. So they kind of came out to this one. Uh, we went from 24 to 25 in micro, adding one. 23 drivers in Mini Swift at the Winter Nats, up to 34 in Mini Swift. 11, uh, 11 improvement. Three categories with more drivers. Micro Mini with 11 up and a big improvement, as we said, in KA100 Senior. Talked about this in the outlap. 48 drivers in total coming for uh, KA100 Senior for an increase of 18. Otherwise, David, really, from, from East Coast to West Coast, just a couple of small drops in terms of X30 Junior dropping five, uh, uh, X30 Senior down six, but still 33. Masters down one, still at nine. Uh, it was going to be 10. Travis Irving was a no-show, although he was on the, the our pre-entry list. Uh, Pro Shifter going from 16 down to 13. Master Shifter from 12 down to eight. So kind of, and even, even K100 Junior, David, down just one to 29. So some, min some minor drops kind of across the board, single digit, but those two big increases, Mini Swift and K100 Senior making up the difference. Yeah, minor. So there was a lot of the drivers that were at the Winter Nationals that were at Spring Nats. So, yeah. so that's a good continuation. And, and we kind of talked about this in the outlap. I think it's going to be even bigger numbers at the summer nationals because it'll be the middle of the summer before kids, a lot of kids go back to school. Uh, you know, people are, there's a lot of gap in between a number of races or the, the, the amount of races that'll be going on. Really, it's only regional racing now from essentially June all the way through the end of July. So, yeah. uh, so I think, you know, we could see the 230 to 240 mark. Uh, when we get to uh, to Newcastle in August, but it's good to see that, yeah, as you said, a very minimal drop in those categories that we did have, and and the boost that we saw in KA Senior, KA One Hundred Senior, and Mini Swift helped to uh, propel it uh, the the total numbers ahead of the uh, Winter Nationals. Two hundred and twenty one total drivers at the Scusa Spring Nationals in Utah, uh, folks. Time to start talking about that. Uh, when we get back after this break, we'll do a quick jump into the Paddock Pass, and after that. We'll jump into the race report. Stay with us. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience, and we can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at www.franklincart.com where all our products are just a mouse click away. We're constantly adding to the growing product selection on the online store and we ship daily to ensure products get to you quickly. We specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, ceramic products, driveline branded products, Briggs & Stratton engines, OTK products, and of course, the championship winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find a variety of items to fill your karting needs. Franklin Motorsports is also known for our wide variety of services and is home to Innovative Engine Works by FMS, our in-house engine service department. Frame straightening, cart prep, and dyno testing are all services offered regularly at Franklin Motorsports. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. Feel like you're racing alongside the many legends that have called CRG home. With direct factory support, 
The CRG Nordam operation is the North American distributor for all CRG products related to karting and is based just outside Houston, Texas. The complete racing chassis line, including the famous Road Rebel shifter cart, is available through CRG Nordam. The growing FS4 Briggs & Stratton focused chassis is expanding worldwide, including right here in North America. Many tracks, indoor and outdoor, have made the switch to the Centurion rental cart line through CRG. New for the 2020 season is the Mini Hero for cadet racing, homologated for FIA competitions around the world. Head over to CartCRG.com or find them on all social media networks. Welcome back to episode 81, EKN Nation. This is the EKN Debrief as we do a, a deep dive into uh, the most recent EKN Trackside Live event. David Cole and I, of course, Trackside at the Supercarts USA Pro Tour Spring Nationals, rounds three and four of the Pro Tour. We were at Utah Motorsports Campus in Grantsville. Let's move into the Paddock Pass section. This has come some of the information, not really race report-ish, but just some of the cool stuff we picked up uh, on our tours through the Paddock. This edition of the Paddock Pass is presented by Allenberg Racing Schools. Allenberg Racing Schools has operated exclusively in the USA since 2012 and is now the number one open wheel racing school in the country. The current race cars feature a carbon tub, racing slicks, front and rear wings, and, on, and an onboard data acquisition combined with onboard video. <coughs> Excuse me. One, two, and three day racing schools are on offer, as well as corporate entertainment programs, manufacturer programs, and more. Allen Berg Racing Schools is based at the world-famous WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca. Please visit www.allenbergracingschools.com for more information and to book your racing school. All right, David, let's uh, dive into this. Uh, bottom line, I think one of the interesting things, we could see it from where we were standing, but the first event for Supercarts USA with the new IAMI components. Yes, it was. Uh, we saw the United States Pro Kart Series make its debut uh, with the new IAMI components uh, at the beginning of May for Supercarts USA. They elected to postpone it until the end of May. Uh, you know, there was that talk of introducing it at the uh, the Winter Nationals, and they delayed it now to the, to the Spring Nationals. So, <laughs> excuse me. Your so, um, yeah, it must be that dry weather we were in <laughs> that's making us not be able to talk right now. I got some water. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I, I think the engine builders are still getting acclimated to the new changes, especially the, the one piece exhaust. It certainly, uh, provides less tuning opportunities, uh, in regards to removing that flex piece that was, uh, utilized in the, uh, former exhaust. So carburetor is, uh, is a main, uh, tuning component for, for the engines now, and, uh, has become the, the center of the engine. And, and typically it, normally is i think now it's just a little bit more of an emphasis on it and uh and you know competitors and engine builders are going to have to be on their game uh keeping those carburetors up to date and uh and working great so um you know aside from that no there's no really issues it does sound like the the single i know you were able to get really trackside you were you were kind of up in the in the booth and you had your yeah. headphones on um, but it does have a little bit of a different sound. That's something I've noticed, you know, with the US, USPKS event. And then here, um, like, uh, kind of like when they get off the gas a little bit, it sounds like the, 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 the header is off, but it's not, 
you know, you get that, that kind of deep sound. So it does have a little bit of a deeper sound, I think, but, um, overall, I think, you know, the, the competitors are enjoying it more so, uh, and not having to deal with that flex component of the, uh, of the former exhaust. But uh, again, well, it's still something we'll have to, uh, to see, uh, as, as it goes along. And at least the good thing now is we're on the same page as the rest of the world. I think that's, that's one of the major, uh, uh, um, benefits of, of make of making this move now uh to be on the same page as the rest of the world uh for IME competitors yeah i think that's the key point david we're we're again we're we're, we're spec with with all the fia cik and the rest of the ime drivers around the world so i think that was a good move obviously it was going to come sooner or later so uh one of the things we did picked up david a couple of, uh, we'll, we'll pick up a couple of team slash kind of chassis uh, identification items uh we you know the we, we didn't see them of obviously gfc karting based in, in california right so they've been running a lot of the rock Cup USA events. They ran the Challenge in the Americas. They're going to run the California Rock Championship. They're, you know, GFC does have uh, some dealers on the East Coast as well, Rivera Racing being one. But with this event being on the west side of the Mississippi, Gary Carlton actually there with the fight with with the crew and and a number of the drivers, not the entire GFC lineup, but a number of di- drivers, including Jacob Gulick, who qualified on pole both days in Pro Shifter. But it was cool to see GFC in the paddock for the first time in a Scusa Pro Tour race in 2021. Well, technically, they weren't in the paddock. They were, they were actually, All in right. the, they were, they were in the garage area that is part of the Utah Motorsports campus. So it wasn't actually, they weren't actually in the cart. Excuse the paddock. They were a little bit further away, so they uh, they had to make the uh, the long trek all the way down that that front stretch because they're basically based in turn one. That's uh, that's home where uh, the light all racing component of the GFC uh, branch is. And, uh, they kind of based out of that, uh, that garage for the whole weekend. And so, uh, yeah, they had a little bit of a walk, uh, each time they had to get to the grid, but, uh, you know, at least they had a, a solid base, a solid home for the whole weekend. As you said, uh, you know, Jacob Gulick qualifying on pole both days and pro shifter really showed the, uh, the, you know, that the GFC brand is, is here to be, uh, among the best, uh, certainly when it comes to racing in the pro shifter category, but they had drivers. And I think in nearly every category, except for maybe X 30 master, I think was the only category they didn't have a driver. So nice. it was spread out about, and, uh, you know, a little bit of success here, a little bit of success there. And, uh, again, it was good to see them, uh, in the paddock, uh, for, for the brief moments that they were actually in the karting paddock. Sure enough. Uh, another one we, we kind of picked up on Harden Motorsports Group has expanded their program to include the, the Race Factory brand. Now, they've always had a pretty good relationship and have pit many times before with Race Liberante. But, David, we saw Devin Smith Harden on the uh, Race Factory chassis in Pro Shifter. And I got to say, probably one of the best national level outings for, for Devin. He was running in the top five for a majority of the weekend. Yeah, had a little bit of an issue on Saturday, had the actual water hose clamp break as he was racing in the final on Saturday, got him a little bit hot in the seat and had to uh, escape the cart after that water hose came off the engine, but um, was able to bounce back and get uh, into the top five on Sunday. But certainly, again, another component to the HMG uh, group that is based out of Indiana. Again, they're they're kind of welcome to all chassis brands. They do the comp cart. They do used to do the TB cart as well. Now they're doing the race factory. They do they work with OTK products as well. Uh, I think they had a, a driver under there with OTK chassis as well. So again, a, a very uh, multifaceted race team that uh, is focused mainly on the shifters, but also adding in uh, some cadet racers as well too. But uh, uh, you know, again, it's good to have that uh, that kind of openness 
uh, with race seems to kind of welcome everybody in. And a lot of a major point with uh, with the HMG program is uh, is the engine work that they do. A lot of the uh, the 175 drivers in the pro shifter and master shifter categories are using uh, their power. So, um, you know, they've uh, they've kind of gotten a hold of the 175 program uh, really well. And yeah. a lot of drivers are utilizing that. Agreed, agreed. All right, folks, uh, we'll go to another quick break. When we get back, time to jump into the race report. We'll talk about X30 Senior and Pro Shifter. That's next up here on the EKN Debrief. Winning takes top quality equipment, flawless preparation, experienced coaching, and passion. And at Team GFC, we live our passion. Developed by American karting champion Gary Carlton, the GFC chassis has become one of the newest brands to reach the top of the podium in North America. GFC has garnered victories and championships at all levels of the sport since its debut at the end of 2018. Shifter car drivers are at the front of the field during the GFC GT14 frame, and the SS31 has become a solid contender in tag and 100cc competition. Team GFC has arrive and drive packages available for all categories, including the Mini and Micro classes, utilizing the GFC RR5 Cadet chassis. These young pilots have the opportunity to be part of the Team GFC Young Driver Development Program. Learn from one of the best American carters with over 25 years of racing at the highest levels of the sport, offering personalized training on and off the track. Follow GFC Karting on Facebook and Instagram, or click over to gfccarting.com to learn more about joining Team GFC in 2021. GFC, live your passion. If you're searching for a program to elevate you in the motorsports ladder, Crosslink Competition is your next step. Crosslink Competition provides arrive and drive programs that include driver coaching, data analysis, and an engine rental program for all major events in the 2021 season. Team Crosslink is scheduled to compete at the Supercarts USA Pro Tour, Rock Cup USA, and the United States Pro Kart Series events, along with regional and local programs from their home base in Texas. Crosslink Competition is a full retail shop for the Xpree chassis and OTK kart parts. Many new and used packages are available right now through their Dallas headquarters. For drivers interested in making the jump from karting to cars, Crosslink provides a streamlined opportunity for you. Team Crosslink and Kiwi Motorsports is a championship winning operation in the F4 United States Championship program, providing the perfect transition within the same. Drivers looking to compete with the elite level karting program or pick up gently used team equipment are asked to call 214-432-4413. Be sure to follow them on all social media platforms at Team Crosslink. Welcome back to our EK Studios. Rob Howden alongside David Cole as we do our race report, our online audio race report of this year's Scusa Spring Nationals, the event taking place in Utah Motorsports Campus, rounds three and four of the Supercarts USA Pro Tour. Let's head into X30 Senior because it was a pretty badass weekend. A lot of great things happening. Here's your headline. Rawlison Performance Group sweeps X30 Senior with Norberg and Greenmeyer. Yeah, it was kind of the Norberg of 2019 that we saw on Saturday. Aside from the qualifying where Hannah Greenmeyer was able to edge out Norberg for the fast time in qualifying, 
but Norberg came through in the pre-final and uh, was able to uh, to get uh, a victory there. That was in part due to uh, a little bit of contact at the beginning of a race between Greenmeyer and Cole Morgan, yeah. which essentially took them out at the start. So uh, Greenmeyer not able to utilize the uh, the pole position to her advantage, and Norberg did take advantage of their contact as he uh, led wire to wire in the pre-final. And then once again, got away quickly uh, at the start of the main event to uh, lead wire to wire in the 20 lap main event for his first victory uh, on the pro tour since 2019. Yeah. He really kind of dominated the action there. Didn't he made it kind of a bit of a stinker, but that's what Norberg does when he's, when he's on his game, uh, 4.657 seconds, the margin, uh, a one, two finish though, David for, for Rawls and performance group, Brandon Tyner, I think is a, is a young driver who is really kind of coming into his own. And I, I got to think we're going to see him win a, win a pro tour race here pretty soon. Yeah, kept the wheels perfect on the weekend, didn't make any mistakes. Obviously, certainly had the pace to uh, to compete for victory. Unfortunately, Norberg was just a little bit better uh, in the early laps to, uh, to kind of get away. But Tyner uh, recording a solid second place, a good points day for him. Uh, battle, pretty, pretty solid battle for third spot at one point. Dante, you end up coming out with a position. Good for Dante with Phil Giebler racing on the Ricardo. I talked to him later on and he felt like he was really kind of back, back in his game. He's been doing some car racing here and there. So Dante really on his game on Saturday. Thomas Anunziata, a driver I continue to mention in, in our, in our Outlap preview podcast because he's just been impressing me all year long. He ends up P4. Hannah Greenmeyer, David, coming from deep in the field after the issue in the pre-final. She's able to get her way up, uh, cross the line actually in fourth spot, but had to push back bumper penalty. Yeah, pushback bumper uh, dropped her one position. Thankfully, again, it's time, not position that uh, Supercurts USA utilizes. So only one position lost for that pushback bumper. Uh, but again, a solid drive, basically coming from last in the pre-final. I think got herself up to 16th in the pre-final and then made her way up to crossing the line in fourth in the main event, but eventually finishing fifth. Did you say it was position? I thought Scusa did timeline. I thought it was five, three seconds and five seconds for Scusa. That's what no? I said. They don't do position. Oh, position. They do time. Yeah, exactly. They that. do time. Because if it was position, it probably wouldn't have been one position. It would have been either two or three. True enough. I depending on, you know, again, different series has different rules. Some are position, some are time. Scusa is a time penalty. Thus, uh, only losing one position for the pushback. Uh, hard charger, and we'll we'll go through the hard chargers in the in the, in the categories with with enough drivers. Uh, Jake Drew, David on the Tony card for Raw, for RPM for Ryan Perry Motorsports, started thirtieth, and he was fun to watch. I you know he, I kind of picked up on his his run through the field quite quite a bit. Twenty two positions, thirtieth up to eighth. Yeah, amazing drive for him. Again, you know, drew the shoe. He's uh he's pretty good at uh, being able to uh, to knife his way through a field. Only got one lap completed uh, in the pre-final. I'm not quite sure what happened there. I'm assuming possibly contact or or maybe mechanical, but uh, able to get through. I mean, 22 spots in 20 laps. That's pretty solid. Uh, moving on to Sunday, uh, Norberg again out of the gate, super strong. Ends up getting the the win in in uh, in, in the qualifying run. Uh, pre-final though, David was, was pretty interesting. Um, Norberg led from the get-go Greenmeyer able to slip by with Trey Brown. Uh, Brown. Uh, hold, let me stop you there. Norberg actually got pushed back to third at the start of the well, pre-final. I actually, I, I actually just watched the video. So he led for the first three corners. <laughs> yeah. That's what but I'm, I'm, I'm saying on the, okay. I know, I know. I'm just, uh, let me finish. I'm, I, he, he Sorry. led coming at the, f- the first couple of corners and then lost the spot. I was, uh, Two I spots. got that. Yes. I got that. That's what I just said. Brown got by as well. I actually just watched his, in, I'm not sure if you've seen his in-car video. Right, yeah, he actually, Brown, 
Yeah, he actually sorry. posted it, just posted it to social media, and I was just I watched watched the whole thing. Um, it sounds like Norberg was having some trouble based on on some of the comments with with the carburetor. The engine really wasn't running good out of the gate. I I don't know. I didn't speak to him on that. Uh, I'm not quite sure. Again, that's what's on that's what's on the YouTube video. I said he had trouble with it. Finally, finally got it to come back in. That's when he rolled back up on the two drivers. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, and he was rolling up quick on him. Uh, you know, they were they were kind of shuffling a little bit, so that kind of helped him. Uh, but uh, he had a solid pace, and it looked like he had the time to uh, to kind of sit back and and kind of buy his time to be able to get by one, and, you know, maybe eventually two. But uh, Greenemeyer went for a move into turn one to get around Brown, and and Norberg fo- went to follow through with a late breaking move, and uh, just didn't quite measure up the space between uh, Brown or. Uh, yeah, Brown and the uh, the Apex and made contact with Trey, uh, essentially sending both of them off into the dirt and out of the race. So yeah, uh, that it, was uh, not the best calculated move by Norbert. Again, in looking at the the notes that that uh, Ryan put up on his video, he, he essentially shows the first those first laps right up to the contact. He actually went back to fourth at one point as Oliver Calvo slipped by. He was able to get back by Calvo, but he, he David just said he he got into the corner, misjudged it a bit, locked the rear brakes up, and when he did that, the cart rotated a bit and got into Trey. And he again, I guess he went over and apologized to him. Uh, tough to see. And and listen, the bottom line is this. That, that wasn't something you'd normally see out of a Norberg, especially coming off a big victory on Saturday. H- had he even finished on the podium on Sunday, he would have put himself in such a good spot to challenge for the championship. Well, again, nothing's over. Um, you know, We'll see what happens, how things unfold, because uh, we didn't talk about it on Saturday, but Connor Zillage, who actually came into the championship uh, leading uh, with uh, Diego Ramos not able to attend, had a DNF in that main event uh, with a right front tire uh, coming off on the on the cart uh, within <laughs> the first right. couple of laps. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, again, a very uncharacteristic move by Norberg. Again, just just sized it up a little bit incorrectly, and as you said, kind of locked it up a little bit too hard, and the cart got away from him. So that changed everything. Obviously, Brown at the back, Norberg at the back to start just to, to start the final. Uh, David in the final, it was a, it was a pretty good battle up front. I think I I enjoyed watching this kind of the way. It all kind of dialed in because, you know, Hannah Greenmeyer's up there scrapping, Brandon and Tyner was in there as well. I believe Tyner took the lead at one point. Uh, but in the end, it, it was cool to see Greenmeyer really start to step things up late in the race. Yeah, she seemed like she had the uh, the want and the need to be out front. Uh, you know, she's had the, those pushback bumper issues yeah. before, and it looked like every time she got shuffled back to either second or third, she looked for a way to attack right away, and that was one of the key components, I think, for her race. Uh, you know, Tyner certainly had the pace to to be up front and and lead the way along with Cole Morgan. So uh, it was and then you had four other drivers sitting right there kind of waiting and buying their time, trying to figure out, OK, when am I going to get to the front? Well, and the crazy thing was, you know, Greenmeyer got to the front, then Tyner got into second, and that's when things started getting crazy in behind. Morgan was getting battling with with Thomas Nepfu from 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 PSL Karting on the Burrell. Uh, I think Nepfu made a pretty good move to be able to get into third. I think at that point, then coming out of turn into turn ten, coming into turn number eleven, Morgan uh, with 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 Nepfu in the inside of the track. Morgan was trying to find a way by and kind of got into him in the back. They made a little bit of contact, and then the contact continued all the way around, David, to the outside of turn 11 to 12. And they both ended up off the racetrack to the right side, and that really allowed both Tyner and, and Greenmeyer to get away. So the you know the last couple laps were going to be unchallenged. Yeah, essentially Morgan kind of drove over the left rear of, yeah. uh, of 
Nevu, and uh, and it, as you said, continued on and went off of the racetrack, and a little bit of uh, extracurricular activities occurred uh, following that contact on the track. A little bit more contact occurred after. Yeah, yeah, I, you were there. I, I didn't get a chance to see it. I, I think you said there was some some flipping of carts over Esse- that kind of a thing. Yeah, essentially, you know, they had some words with the helmets on. Yeah, and then uh, Nevo went over Nepfu went over to. Uh, to Cole Morgan's cart and decided it didn't need to be on its wheels and uh, picked it up from the nose and kind of flipped it right over onto uh, its seat and steering wheel. So um, that kind of pissed Morgan off a little bit as as uh, Thomas tried to get his cart refired. He ran over and, and ripped the coil right off the engine. <laughs> and uh, from there, a little, uh, little more shouting. And uh, it looked to me like Cole Morgan actually pushed uh, the the head of Thomas Naveau. And uh, so and then once the officials got there, they kind of were separated after that. So uh, All right, then. a little bit of argy bargy, a little bit of fisticuffs, a little bit of, uh, you know, kind of things you would see the old school days, you know, pulling yeah. the uh, the spark plug wire off. That's and old the, school. You know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I believe it was a dirt oval race where we saw a guy pick a cart up and flip it over. But that time there was an actual driver in the cart. That's true. So, uh, so this time there was no driver in the cart when it was flipped so over. Let's. It's it, here's the thing. In the end, folks, uh, Brian Tyner took the lead. Greenmeyer able to take it right back from her teammate. Then she's able to to hold on the last couple laps. Ends up winning by two tenths of a second. So we'll start with that. Obviously, a huge victory for Hannah Greenmeyer. She's been trying so much, so hard to get that first big Scusa Pro Tour win. Got the on-track victory at the Winter Nationals, but the pushback bumper moved her backwards. No pushback this time. She becomes the first ever female driver to win on the Supercarts USA Pro Tour. And I can go back as well to the Scusa Promoto Tour. I don't think uh, we've ever had a, a female winner at the Supernats or any of a Supercarts USA national vic- national event. And that's, we're talking 25-plus years. Hannah's the first to get the job done. So I think, and I know that she's, She'll bluff fluff off the fact that it's a female victory. She just wants to win herself, but that that's still a historic moment uh, for Supercarts USA. Yeah, and that's and that's fine. You know, it's you know she just wants to be a driver. She wants to be one of the drivers that are out there, which which is good. But you know, when you look in terms of history, and you know, again, we're trying to to make karting the most inclusive sport out there. You know, we're, we have females all over the country uh, racing from the club to regional and national level. And you think about some of the female names that have been in the sport, uh, you know, I don't, I can't, I find it hard to believe that Giuliana Chioviti didn't win a pro motor tour race. She's won a number of victories. Well, she didn't win, she didn't win a pro, like a, she didn't win the S1 class. Okay. She, she had won in the S2 category. But she has pro, a win. Okay. On the right. pro motor tour. Yeah. She never won an S1 race. She won an S2 race on the pro motor tour. Yeah. Because again, yeah. you know, uh, yes, X30 senior is, is a headline category. So I'll give yeah. you that, but we're but talking in, 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 yeah, no categories, but yeah. we're talking no categories. Have we seen a female on driver the in yeah. the pro tour win a race? So that's, yeah. that's, you know, we're, we have Ashley Rojero. She's won a number of races in WK, USPKS and other programs, never able to win a pro tour. Uh, a number of other female drivers we've seen come up through the ranks, just not been able to do that. But I think she'll be among the first. I think we have a number of young ladies that are are making their way through the sport to where we, we will see more uh, in the next year or at least two to three years. 
I'm glad you brought up Julianne Chiovini and Ashley Rojero because you're obviously two of the absolute uh, superstars in terms of female racers in, in karting uh, within whatever ranks. Scusa doesn't matter. Both those drivers impressive. And, of course, Sabre Cook, she won the, the S2 championship on the Pro Tour but didn't get a race win that year as well. But I think you're right, David. Hannah's, Hannah's going to – you know, I know – She's just really going to be one of the one of the, the 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 racers that these young girls coming up to the sport can look up to, which I think is really which is I think is really awesome because she's yeah. at a, she she's at a very high level right now. I was going to say I think she already has that. I think she has that. She actually you know I think she looked a little bit up to Ashley Rojero and yep. still kind of does. You know Ashley's been you know at the paddock working as a driver coach for a number of years or racing at USPKS. I think they've actually raced each other there at USPKS this past year. So, uh, so there's a little bit of respect there, but yeah, I think there's, you know, especially the younger kid, younger, uh, female drivers are looking a little bit closer to Hannah because she, as you said, she's, she's out there a lot more than what you see with, uh, with Ashley. Agreed. Agreed. So, so Tyner ends up second green my with the win. Now, David, Nate Cicero on the cosmic for Rollison ends up in third. So it's a one, two, three, uh, Connor Zilich in fourth spot on the red speed. Oliver Calvo for leading edge motorsports on the Expri uh, is in the fifth spot, but that's not how they came across the line. Give me, <laughs> give me some updates. What happened with Zilich and Zilich and with uh, Jake Drew. Yeah. With all that contact that happened with, uh, with Morgan and Thomas Naveau, uh, Zilich was able to cross the line in third, but a pushback bumper penalty sent him back, to the fourth position, as you said, Jake Drew actually came across the line in the fourth position, but a pushback bumper manipulation disqualification took him out of the results for good. So uh, a little bit of, uh, I'm not quite sure if it was him pushing on the front bumper or if it was him brake checking people on the scale line. Oh, I did see a little bit of argy bargy uh, as they came into the uh into the scale line, which again, that's something that uh, I think Skuza is really going to have to kind of measure up, maybe even get a pit lane uh, speed speed limit sign or something like or that. A because pit lane, just a one one pit lane official, because I, I you agree, I was right there. I saw guys coming in, looking behind them, and trying to lock up the brakes coming well, in. You know, when you have fields of like fifty drivers, you're probably going to need more than one. <laughs> that's true. Uh, you know true. that, and you know that's one thing I did notice at this at this facility. Drivers were coming into the pit lane extremely fast, especially after the race or after, say, qualifying or or coming off the racetrack, whether, you know, being pissed off about something or not. It's just I mean, I, I don't understand why there's all of a sudden that need to be 60 miles an hour in the pit lane and then slam on your brakes. It's yeah, just, agreed. makes no sense. But I so, again, I'm not sure if it was him pushing on his own bumper or him brake checking somebody in pit lane. I'm not quite okay. sure which it was. Copy that. Uh, so indeed, there's your top five. Greenmeyer with the win. Tyner second. Cicero third. Zilich fourth. Good recovery after the DNF on uh, on Saturday for Connor to, to keep him. That now he's got a, he got a drop, but he's going to have to have a really good summer nationals. As is Norberg. Uh, Zilich in fourth, and Oliver Calvo fifth. Hard charger on the day. Twenty three positions. Thirty first up to eighth for Alex Stanfield in the Crosslink Competition Expree. It was a, overall a good run for Alex. We saw him run right up front of the Winter Tour. He's more close to the front, I think, throughout the weekend at the Winter Nats, but uh, a good recovery for him to get into the top 10. Yeah, I had to make an engine change uh, after the pre-final, so started him at the back going 31st to 8th. Uh, so they were able to kind of salvage uh, what was a kind of difficult weekend up until that point. Good to, good to hear. All right, let's move to the pro shifter category, David. Here's the headline. Myers extends streak to four. Yeah, just an unbelievable performance on the weekend by AJ <laughs> right. Myers. I, I mean, it. aside from the qualifying sessions, he was the guy to beat. Uh, and as we mentioned earlier, Jacob Gulick was the drive, the quickest driver 
uh, on the weekend with uh, both qualifying fast on, uh, fast lap honors. Yeah. Uh, so Gulick was able to do that in qualifying, just not able to have that uh, race pace speed that uh, AJ Myers was able to put down. Myers was able to go wire to wire in both the pre-final and final to secure his uh, his third victory on the season on Saturday. Yeah, 1.6 seconds ahead of Jake French. And, of course, uh, those two drivers essentially won two throughout the majority of the weekend. Uh, a late pass, last lap pass for Billy Musgrave, and over-under in turn number 11 on Vincenzo Saracino on the leading edge motorsports Formula K. Musgrave puts the factory cart P3. And, David, it's, it's just been like, how many, how many times have we seen Myers, French, and Musgrave on a podium together in Pro, in pro Shifter? <laughs> Many, many times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, uh, that's something we're, we're very familiar seeing them on the podium together, whether it be one on top, one on the other, or one on one winning one weekend next weekend is somebody else. But, uh, certainly this weekend was Myers. Indeed. Uh, wire to wire win, as David said, for Myers, Jacob Gulick started on the pole, didn't get the whole shot, ended up with a DNF in that final. Uh, the hard charger was actually, uh, Billy Musgrave started back in 13th after sticking his engine in the pre-final, as we said, drove up to third with a tremendous last lap pass on Saracino to take third. Josh Campbell, David, rounding out the top five, top rookie in the category as well. One of the new awards, Scusa passing out for the top drivers who are rookie rookies in the pro shifter class. He ends up getting uh, that award P5. Moving on to Sunday, once again, Jacob Gulick qualifying on the pole. Um, uh, and then Myers, again, taking taking control in the pre-final, did the same thing. Literally walked away this time in the final, David. Over 10 seconds, the advantage for A.J. Myers on the Magic Cart on Sunday. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty dominant performance on on Sunday. You thought su- Saturday was good. Well, he just kind of upped the ante a little bit more on Sunday to be able to pull away to a ten second advantage. That was in part due to a little bit of racing for the second position. Is actually Jacob Gulick was able to get that from Jake French as they cross the line. Unfortunately, a penalty for contact uh, dropped Gulick from the second position down to fifth. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, taking him off the podium. Yeah, tough for Gulick. Uh, again, able to bounce back from the issues on Saturday. Jake French ends up finishing second because of that penalty. Uh, Saracino uh, started back in 11th spot, able to get himself up to P3, uh, P4 on the racetrack, and of course, uh, with the penalty, moving himself up onto the podium. So so a really strong run for Saracino. And then Devin Smith-Harden on the race factory. David, we mentioned it earlier in the paddock pass about moving to that, that uh, new chassis. And it really seems to fit in with Devin. He was good on, on Saturday, but then to get that, uh, that fifth place finish on Sunday, put it up to P4. All in all, I got to think he's going to call this a good momentum weekend uh, moving forward to the Summer Nationals. Yeah, it helped it helped end a, a difficult weekend on a high note. So certainly carry the momentum uh, moving forward uh, for the summer months. Kind of looking at the engine side of things, because again, we have KZ and 175. Yeah. Uh, on Saturday, if you look at Myers and French, were on KZ engines, both on the TMs with Billy Musgrave on the 175, Saracino and Campbell on KZ engines as well. So KZ taking four of the five uh, on the top five on Saturday. Sunday, Myers and French and Saracino on KZ. So top three there for the KZs with the 175 on Devin Smith-Harden with a KZ on Gulick. So again, four out of five on the KZ engines. Yeah, it's interesting because obviously the top drivers in the sport, you look at a Myers, a French, and a, and a Musgrave, they're, you know, Myers and French rather, they're they're on that KZ. And of course, PSL Racing just recently announcing a, a more official program with, with TM Racing. So uh, yeah, not surprising to see those guys up front. 
Uh, another commercial break, folks. When we get when we get back uh, again, this uh, this race report. I don't think I I, I rolled it out to do that. When we get back, this race report brought to you by Cart Republic and Cart Sport North America. Let's do it right now. The Cart Republic is here, and it just keeps on winning. Cart Sport North America is the country's importer and distributor for the Cart Republic chassis, and as a leader in the American karting community, they focused on providing stability for the sport and quality products and service. The Cart Republic senior and junior chassis are on fire, and so is the mini kart, which is won in SCUSA, USPKS, and WKA competition. For more information, contact Cart Sport North America, where they offer top quality products, winning brands, and professional driver development services. All right, folks, stay with us. When we get back, uh, KA100 Senior, KA100, uh, X30 Junior, and KA100 Junior. That'll be the next classes that we will dive into here on the Race Report. Are you ready to step up your game? If so, joining the Rawlison Performance Group is the obvious choice to take your racing to the next level. Industry-leading driver development is provided by our staff of multi-time national champions, Super Nationals winners, and Team USA members. And at the same time, RPG continues to be a national-level powerhouse race team. Our goal is to help you raise your game and win races. We work with all age groups, and we're focused on developing cadet and junior drivers who are ready to take the next step in their racing program. Rawlison Performance Group has set a new standard with our in-house engine program, AVP Engines, headed by Alex Vincent. AVP has become the benchmark in both IAMI and Rock competition. We also have the largest OTK inventory that follows our race team, providing trackside parts at all the major events in North America. RPG also offers multilingual support with French, Spanish, and Portuguese-speaking staff. If you want to fight for championships or want to improve your skills and your chances to win, the answer is to call RPG at 503-260-4514. The Rawls Performance Group. We race to win. If the dream is IndyCar, set your target on the Road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires. Our ladder system is designed to take drivers through three runs of competition. The first step is the Cooper Tires USF 2000 Championship, which features a carbon tub Tatus chassis, 180 horsepower, and a paddle shift sequential gearbox. Boost the USF 2000 output to 250 horsepower for the Indy Pro 2000 program, the second rung on the road to Indy. Add in increased grip and more aero downforce, and the Tatus PM18 becomes an incredible training machine. The final step before IndyCar is the Indy Lights Championship presented by Cooper Tires. The Delara IL15 boasts a whopping 450 horsepower. This car itself has trained so many drivers in the IndyCar series. At all three levels, you race at premier venues on the same dance card as IndyCar. Showcase your skills under the watchful eyes of IndyCar scouts and owners. The program is unprecedented around the world, offering the opportunity to climb the ladder with over $2 million in scholarships to the champions in USF 2000, Indy Pro 2000, and Indy Lights. Former Carters fill the roster of Road to Indy graduates in IndyCar, like Joseph Newgarden, Pato Award, Connor Daly, Jack Harvey, Felix Rosenquist, Colton Herta, Ed Jones, Charlie Kimball, Dalton Kellett, and Renus VK. Follow in their footsteps. If you want to race IndyCar, 
there is only one choice. The Road to Indy, presented by Cooper Tires. Welcome back again to the EK and Debrief, episode number 81, as we take a deep dive into the Supercarts USA Pro Tour Spring Nationals from Utah on the May 21 to 23 weekend here in 2021. The race report brought to you by Cartsport North America. Uh, David, 48 drivers, uh, carts. I think we ended up with 46 uh, taking the green most of the events uh, in KA100 Senior. Just some tremendous racing. Here's the headline, though. I love it. First time Scusa winners with Schrader and Allison. Yeah, again, with the large fields, you're not quite sure who's going to come out on top, and especially with the KA100 package where the uh, the fields are very tight, and especially at the front, you're not quite sure who's going to come out uh, on top each track session. Uh, Gavin Bailiff actually shocked the paddock with a fast lap uh, in qualifying to steal that. Uh, only his second uh, outing on the Cart Republic, so able to get, uh, get a hold of that uh, new chassis and uh, make it quick. Uh, at the uh, Utah Motorsports Campus. Unfortunately, he was uh, shuffled back through the pre-final and was not able to uh, to make his way up in the final. Uh, in that pre-final, it was Cole Morgan who was able to come out on top uh, and led the field to the green flag. He essentially was able to kind of get away in the main event, uh, eventually run down by Blake Nash. Uh, and those two were kind of the lead pack with Caleb Schrader kind of just sitting Static, kind of following them and gaining little by little as the race went on and gained a, a lot more uh, in the closing laps uh, with Nash and Morgan kind of going at it uh, in the final circuits. Uh, last lap battle certainly was uh, pretty interesting with the over-unders uh, with, between Morgan and Nash. That allowed Schrader to close up really hard on the final circuit, making a three-driver battle as they came out of, I want to say, turn 15 as they were kind of side-by-side, over-under each <laughs> each other. Uh, a little bit of hard contact between Morgan and Nash. I think Morgan kind of lost momentum and Nash was looking to go inside and Morgan didn't give any inch whatsoever and the two kind of made hard contact. Uh, that kind of pushed Morgan off uh, a little bit offline, a little bit allowing to Nash to kind of slip past. Nash was able to get to the checkered flag first, uh, but a pushback bumper slash uh, contact penalty put him down to the seventh position, taking the victory away from him. Uh, that allowed Caleb Schrader to take over the top spot of the podium as he crossed the line in the second position, earning his first victory. Yeah, indeed. Schrader with the win. Uh, Morgan second. Jace Park on the Case Cart uh, Republic for Trinity Karting Group was in the third spot. Austin Osborne had a pretty good run going as well. He battled himself from outside the top 10, I think, at one point to get himself back up to where he needed to be. Fifth on the racetrack ends up fourth with the penalty. And Connor Ferris on the Cart Republic, David, rounding out the top five. Yeah, certainly uh, an interesting end to that. Uh, you know, either either one of those drivers could have won it. Uh, just a, a little bit of too hard of a contact between Morgan and Nash kind of took the uh, the victory away from Nash because that was one thing we were, we were noticing as they came into pit lane was, okay, is that bumper pushed in? And it looked That's to it. me like it was, and yeah. it certainly was. Uh, hard charger in race number one for KA100 Senior on Saturday. Jensen Altman on the Xpree. 25-spot improvement, started 46th, able to drive his way up into 21st. So dead last, up into the, uh, almost the top 20 for Jensen Altman. Uh, David, let's go to Sunday. And out of the gate, it's interesting to see the way it kind of develops for the next day. Nolan Allison for Ross and Performance Group on the Cosmic qualifies P1. 
Yeah, qualified on P1. Uh, didn't wasn't able to come through with the pre-final victory. That was actually Blake Nash able to score the win there. But uh, Allison kept it close, and it was actually Nash, Allison, along with Macy Williams and Josiah Tracy making up the lead group as those four were able to break away from the pack. Uh, Macy led, Nash led, Allison led. (laughs) Basically, all three of them led. I think Josiah Tracy was just kind of sitting there buying his time, waiting for something to happen, and uh, and was uh, sitting there in fourth for most of the race. Uh, Eventually, Allison was able to scare the top spot by lap 15, and then from there was able to hold off all the uh, the challenges and challenges by Nash and Macy Williams to uh, to end up crossing the line first for his first Scusa Pro Tour victory. Yeah, big run for Nolan Allison. We kind of, I kind of first saw him make that uh, that big push to the, the the forefront at the Winter Series this year. Congrats to Nolan. Uh, Nash gets second, Macy Williams third on the EOS chassis. Josiah Tracy, as David mentioned, was really biding his time back there. It seemed like he was just kind of waiting to see how it was all going to play out, but just wasn't close enough to capitalize on any of the incidents that happened. Uh, and then Jace Park, David, rounding out the top five. Yeah, I think he was going to try and make a move at one point, like I want to say with two laps to go and it didn't quite pay off and lost a little bit of a gap to, uh, to, uh, to Williams, but uh, a solid fourth place finish for him. Yeah. It was one of the, one of the corners turn 11, which is coming out of the hairpin, the right-hander back to the left-hander. It's kind of 11 and 12. If you made that move to the inside, excuse me, to try to potentially get that, but you couldn't get the pass done. You just lost so much ground coming out of the corner, Dave. We saw lots of drivers do that, right? Maybe not quite decisive enough on an overtake attempt, and you end up having to have a couple more laps to kind of get back up into the fight. Yeah, it's a very rhythm tra- racetrack. You, know, you have to uh, to keep that momentum building, especially in the KA100 engine. Yeah, very, very true. Hard charger on Sunday for KA100 senior Austin Osborne. Talked about his run uh, into the fourth spot on Saturday. He ends up starting 27th and powers his way all the way forth, uh, forward to sixth. A really good run for, for Austin, David. Yeah, it was a large pack that he was able to kind of get out in front of. He got away for a little bit, and it looked like they were going to close in on the uh, on the last lap, but he was able to hold them off and uh, and cross the line in the sixth spot. Let's move to X30 Junior right now. Again, talking about the Spring Nationals, the the third and fourth rounds of the Pro Tour for Supercarts USA at Utah Motorsports Campus. Here's your headline for X30 Junior. Garcia and Morgan grab first wins of 2021. This category really had some great racing. Very uh, heated racing, but pretty pretty much clean for the most part. Uh, Just uh, a number of drivers that were in the mix all weekend long. Carson Morgan, the defending uh, series champion, ended up coming out with fast time and qualifying. But it was uh, Max Garcia who was able to win a pretty uh, heated pre-final victory uh, or pre-final race. Uh, Garcia on the pole position was able to get away early in the main event with uh, Caleb Gaffer able to join him out front. Uh, they were able to kind of break away a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, Caleb's cart kind of faded a little bit and yeah. wasn't able to keep pace with Garcia. That essentially gave Garcia a, a clean run to the checkered flag as he was able to stretch it out to a 6.6 second advantage for his uh, his first victory in X30 Junior. Yeah, it, it became more of a battle for the second spot as he was able to pull away. Like you said, Gaffera kind of fell uh, a little bit into the uh, – uh, into the clutch of everyone else. Morgan was in the in the middle of the scrap. Jack Jeffers was in there. Noah Baker, Chase Hand. Uh, how did it all end up finishing? I think Baker was the driver who ended up P2. Yeah, Morgan actually crossed the line in second, but a five-second penalty for contact dropped him down to fifth. That moved Noah Baker up into the second spot. 
Chase Hand on the RPG Cosmic into third, and then uh, Gaffara. Oh, actually, it was Jeffers crossing the line third behind Morgan, but a pushback bumper penalty to him dropped him out of the top five. So that moved uh, Hand up to third, Caleb up to fourth, and then Corson Morgan <laughs> finishing fifth. Yeah, a lot. Again, uh, how they come across the line, not, not always the way that they're going to finish for sure. Uh, so it's Garcia with the win, Baker second, Hand third, Gaffera and Morgan rounding up the top five. Hard charger Lainey Benjamin started 22nd. She was able to get her way up into the 10th position. So we talked about uh, Hannah Greenmeyer a bit. We already talked about Macy Williams. Here's Lady Benjamin as well coming into the top 10 and X30 junior. A lot of really talented uh, young female racers in the Supercarts yeah. USA program. In her, in her Scusa Pro Tour debut, if, if I recall correctly. That's it. Exactly that. Uh, David, we, we saw good speed out of Carson Morgan on Saturday, qualified on pole, backed it up again, qualified pole again on Sunday. Yeah, and again, a heated pre-final, uh, a lot of uh, racing for position. And in that race, Jeremy Fletcher was able to come away with the, with the win in that race. Uh, and then again, great fight early on, a number of drivers in the lead group, kind of back and forth, back and forth. Eventually, and you called it on the mic, Morgan was able to get out front. And then when they f- started fighting behind him for second, that essentially gave him the victory uh, within, I want to say it was about four or five laps to go yeah. uh, when they started really fighting heavy for that second position, essentially allowing Morgan to just kind of slip away. Uh, from their grasp and uh, and drive away to a 3.7 second margin of victory uh, at the checkered flag. If people were listening to me on the broadcast, they're probably like, what, what's going on with Rob? Because I literally was just floored by the fact that with five laps to go, they honestly all just said, yeah, you know what? We'll just give this to Morgan. We're going to fight ourselves because the amount of the moves that they were making, dive bomb moves into the hairpin, into turn number 11. It just, it just there's no way they were going to have momentum coming out of those corners to be able to try to, to try to get back to him. So he was able to stretch away, like we said, 3.765 seconds ends up being, David, the the margin. Uh, and then it all just came down to Fletcher and Garcia and all the guys just battling it out. You know, Jack Jeffers just fighting it out for the final spots in the, uh, uh, in the top five. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, again, if you're not there on the last lap, what's 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 the point, right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so everything kind of came down to uh, to the wire for the second position. Uh, Jeremy Fletcher was able to edge out Jack Jeffers for the position, but Jeffers was given a pushback bumper penalty that dropped him all the way down to the ninth position because uh, all their fighting kind of bunched the rest of the field up together. That, uh, that allowed Garcia to move up to the third spot on the podium, moving Paul Bocuse to the fourth position with uh, Chase Hand ending up in fifth. He was actually dropped back down to the 15th position on the opening lap due to contact, driving him, himself back up into P5. Yeah, gets a little help from the, the penalty for Jeffers, but otherwise a good a good run for Chase Hand. Hard charger on the day uh, for the main event. Frankie Mossman on the comp cart started 21st uh, up into the 10th position. So a, a, a 10 or 11 position improvement for Mossman. Pretty good run for him. Uh, although, again, starting deeper in the field makes things a lot tougher. Uh, hey, David, go. Go. Yep. Oh, go. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, that's great. Let's go to K100 Senior or Junior. Uh, here's the headline for K100 Junior. Many of the same names. Morgan and Jurors come away with victories. Yeah, so many of the same names, but uh, a few that were only running the KA Junior category that were able to uh, to find a little bit of success uh, on the weekend or at least land themselves on the podium. Uh, Chase Hand, double duty, uh, was able to set the fast time in qualifying. He was actually shuffled back to third in the pre-final with Carson Morgan able to score the win in that race. Uh, essentially, Morgan led the entire 20 laps in the main event, was challenged, 
late in the race by, uh, how do you want to say his name? Elio. Elio Mazo. So no age. Elio. He's he's named after Elio Castroneves. Gotcha. All right. Makes sense now. All right. Elio Mazo was able to uh, kind of sit there on his bumper. And uh, unfortunately, the last lap battle between he and Morgan uh, did not put, uh, was not in the favor of Mesa, with uh, Morgan able to hold off his, uh, his challenge on the last lap, essentially allowing Morgan to cross the line for first for his first victory in the category. Uh, Mesa ended up finishing in the second position with Jack Jeffers uh, driving to third on the podium. Chase Hand ended up in fourth with Cole Kleck uh, finish, rounding out the top five. Uh, hard charger uh, on the Ricardo. Jack Schrady started 28th, able to get his way up into the 17th position, 11 spot improvement for Jack. Uh, come Sunday, Jack Jeffers turning things up, though David qualified on the pole position. Uh, and then uh, Morgan, again, Carson Morgan able to kind of cruise through to grab that pre-final win. Yeah, again, Morgan a little bit better when it comes to uh, to race pace and was able to come away with a pre-final win. Unfortunately, at the start of the main event, was able to un- unable to take the green flag, uh, retiring with a mechanical issue on the pace lap. So he had to watch from the sideline. Uh, with Morgan out, it kind of opened the door for anybody to take advantage. Well, it kind of amped up the the uh, the field a little bit with some uh, opening lap contact, kind of shuffling up the field. This kind of allowed, I believe it was Parker DeLong, Jeremy Fletcher, Elio Meza to kind of be the front drivers early on. Fletcher was actually leading on lap six with uh, Meza on his bumper. Ironically, I was right in the corner where it happened. Fletcher came out of turn three, a little bit wide. Meza looked like he was trying to push him through the corner, actually jumped his, got his nose piece kind of in between the rear tire and the rear bumper. And that essentially launched him up and over on top of Fletcher, pushing both of those two drivers off into the dirt. Uh, that essentially gave the lead to Austin Jurors, who had just gotten around Parker DeLong for position. Yep. And uh, once out front, Jurors kind of put down consistent lap times. Uh, again, fighting behind him for second certainly helped his cause as uh, Jurors was able to drive away and earn his first Scusa Pro Tour victory by 1.4 seconds. Yeah, big win for Austin, 1.435, the margin of victory. Jack Jeffers coming home second. Graham Trammell uh, up into third, another one of the Rawls and Performance Group drivers on the podium. Cooper Eau Claire, David, P4, ends up with the Hard Charger Award as well. Started 15th, gets into the top five, P4 for Eau Claire on the comp cart. And Parker DeLong, you mentioned him earlier, ends up P5 on the day. Yeah, again, that the opening lap contact and then uh, you know more contact later in the race certainly helped Eau Claire get a number of positions. But once he got up into the fourth position, held that pretty strong uh, ahead of Parker DeLong. Another quick break in the action. We get back. Our race report brought to you by Cartsport North America. We'll continue. We'll cap it off with X30 Master, Master Shifter, Mini Swift, and Micro Swift. Everyone knows that Texas develops winning racers. And the Texas Sprint Racing Series is excited to start the 2021 season to get back to cultivating this talent. The first combined SCUSA and IKF series has been running since 2015 and was started as a grassroots effort to bring family racing back to Texas has exploded into the largest regional series in the Southern region. With 13 classes, including kid carts, 
and over $50,000 in prizes featuring Supernats and ICAF Grand Nationals tickets, there is no better place to come race than the Texas Sprint Racing Series. This year's lineup starts with the winter warm-up at NOLA Motorsports on March 19th to the 21st. The second round, the Spring Roundup at NTK, will take place on April 16th, 17th, and 18th. Next up will be the Summer Shootout at Speed Sports on June 11th, 12th, and 13th. And the fourth event is our Midsummer Mashup at the brand new Kart Moto Facility in Crescent on July 23rd to 25th. Our fall finale brings us to another new for us track at Amarillo Kart Circuit on September 10 to 12. As always, our end of the year banquet dinner and raffle will be held on Saturday night of our final event in Amarillo with a free meal and lots of incredible prizes. We hope to see you join the TSRS family. For more information, head to TexasSprintSeries.com. At Solo Kart USA, designing and manufacturing the most driver-friendly carts has been our goal from the very beginning. Design, build, test, and then race over and over and over until it's perfect. The result is a cart that gives you complete confidence, knowing that the equipment can get the job done and you can focus on what separates every field in karting, driver talent. How do you know how to tune your team's chassis if you're not driving it yourself? At Solo Kart USA, we drive our own carts and we race regularly. Solo Kart is our program and we race what we sell. Every lap we turn at tracks all over the country provides information and feedback that we use in further developing our chassis. After four years of dedicated testing and competition, our Solo Kart USA program is exactly where we want it. It's ready for you. Louis Westover put our Solo Kart SK2 on the X30 Senior Podium at the opening round of the Supercarts USA Winter Series in January, topping 50 other drivers. And our own Adam Pettit followed suit with a second-place finish in X30 Master. Check out www.solocartusa.com to learn more and break away from the pack. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, our debrief podcast, our race report of the 2021 Supercarts USA Pro Tour Spring Nationals from Utah Motorsports Campus in Grantsville, Utah. My name's Rob Howden, joined by David Cole. We were trackside all weekend long, and our trackside coverage, of course, brought to you by Cooper Tires. Cart uh, Sport North America, David, presenting our race report today. Let's go to X30 Masters, nine drivers in total. But the great thing is uh, a, a really kind of focused group of four uber-talented veteran drivers who battle it out all weekend long. Here's your headline. Peterson helps title chase as defending champ Johnson returns with win. Yeah, as you said it, basically a four-driver fight all weekend long. Saturday looked to be the elder of the drivers to be the driver to beat. Yeah. Billy Cleveland, the 63, you said? 63, 63 years old. Uh, leading the way in qualifying and the pre-final. Uh, main event time, though, uh, Cleveland led early until Peterson was able to charge forward from the third position, getting by both uh, Matt Johnson and Cleveland to essentially take the lead and drive away to a 1.5 second advantage. Uh, Johnson ended up finishing second ahead of Cleveland to round out the podium. Mario Barrios, who uh, finished fourth, he was the uh, the fourth contender in that uh, that lead pack, ended up uh, unable to uh, to get by either Johnson or Cleveland at the end there. Uh, we Ian Kudinchez, uh finishing fifth on the FDM comp cart. 
Well, yeah, let me just up, update you on that battle for third because I remember keying on it. I remember one of the. I'm getting old. I don't remember everything, but I remember this one. Obviously, Barrios was running third till the very final lap, and Cleveland was able to do an over under. Mario kind of did the, the little block move to the bottom of turn 11, and, and it's really just a perfect over under for Billy Cleveland on the final circuit, able to slip through. He goes to P3, Barrios in fourth, and Kuntis, as you said, rounding out the top uh, five. Not a lot of drivers in the field. Matt Johnson ends up being the hard charger. He had a bit, I can't remember, David, do you remember what happened to him in the pre-final to go back to sixth? Yeah, it was a uh, hmm. penalty. I'm not sure if it was a oh, bumper okay. related penalty or if All it right. was a contact penalty because the pre-final was a little bit heated. <laughs> the, the, all four of those drivers, because I know that Billy Cleveland, uh, not Billy Cleveland, Jess Peterson in the pre-final was trying to get by Mario Barrios and, and never was close enough to quite get by. Mario was coming across on him and a little bit of contact here and there, like you said, David. Pre-final was a little more heated than usual. Uh, rolling into Sunday, though, all Matt Johnson, top of all three sessions, qualified on pole, won the pre-final, won the main event. Yeah, that's essentially the story. Uh, good to see the defending champion back and was uh, back to uh, his normal self back out front uh, on Sunday after that Saturday warm-up, I guess, race because he hadn't <laughs> been in the cart in a, in a few months. So, uh, But uh, yeah, great battle between he, Barrios, and Peterson as Cleveland was a little shuffled back a little bit early on in the main event, so wasn't able to be uh, part of the lead group in the main event. But uh, a great three-driver battle. Barrios led at one point. I want to say Peterson was right there, but I don't think he led because Johnson kept taking it back away from Barrios anytime uh, Mario went up to the lead. So uh, a good battle for them. Uh, Peterson, I think, tried to get that second position, but just couldn't quite get around Barrios. So the two championship contenders there finishing second and third. Yeah, this is going to come down to Jess Peterson and Mario Barrios. Obviously, Matt Johnson not uh, in Adnola Motorsports Park. Neither was Cleveland. And the drivers uh, that actually battled him, Danilo Romalho, who was one of the quick drivers at, at NOLA, didn't come this way. So really, it's going to come down to these two drivers scrapping it out for the championship at the Summer Nationals. Uh, moving into Master Shifter now. Here's your headline. Double up for Musser in Utah. Yeah, Musser likes to gamble, at least play cards. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, I don't, I don't, I think he needs to work on his starts a little bit more the, than, uh, than the gambling. So, uh, uh, <laughs> and he was shaking the, his head. He was shaking his head a couple of times. Yeah. He? he was not, uh, he was not great off the line. Uh, and he was not great in qualifying as we all expected. Vincent Cassart, uh, was able to uh, set fast time on Saturday's qualifying session, uh, running quicker than Musser. Uh, he led a couple of laps. till Musser took over and, and won the pre-final. Uh, but uh, was pretty good in the in the Saturday main event launch as he was able to go wire to wire for a 3.8 second advantage over Cassard. Uh, really, the battle was for third with uh, Skitchy Barnes sitting there in third at, at the start, uh, but eventually was run down by Ben Schirmerhorn, who ended up taking the third position. Uh, Anthony Stifler rounded out the top five. Uh, on Sunday, uh, Musser qualifies on pole, wins the pre-final, but again, doesn't get off the line well. Was super slow getting off. And I, again, watching him uh, shake his head a little bit, David, we can talk about how this thing shook down. Uh, Cassard was leading in the pre-final, but DNF, so he had to start at the very tail of the field. So really, the entire complexion of that race from, from Astor on Sunday happened all on the start, essentially. It did. It, you know, again, this time Musser wasn't able to get off the line, kind of very similar to what he did on the pre-final. That allowed Barnes to kind of jump out to the lead. And the way they did the pro shifter and master shifter at the same time was the same green flag, 
but a little bit of a gap on the front straightaway between the two classes for the start. Unfortunately, the master class was able to run down the back markers in the pro division right away with like within the first couple of corners. So that essentially gave a little bit of bumper to bumper effect uh, for those up front in the master class. And unfortunately, Skitchy Barnes was a victim of that as he was kind of held up by the the pro shifter back marker. Uh, a little bit of contact from Cassard as they were in turn, I want to say turn 15. Uh, that looped Barnes around and uh, essentially took him out of the race. A little bit of contact pushed the side pod up into the engine and Supercarts USA eventually pulled him off with a meatball flag after he got going. So that gave him a DNF, uh, not a good way to uh, keep himself in the title chase. All that contact, however, allowed Musser, I think who was third at the time, able to get by both of them and escape with no injuries or no harm and was able to lead the way to a wire-to-wire finish, uh, winning by 11 seconds. Uh, Kassar was actually the second driver to the line. He was able to continue after the contact with Barnes. He did finish second, but got a penalty for contact. That dropped him to third, moved Ben Schirmerhorn up into second position. Anthony Stifler was good throughout the entire weekend. He ends up finishing uh, in the four spot, fifth on Saturday, fourth on Sunday. And uh, Robert Fuge on the Xpree capping up the top five. Kassar did get the uh, the uh, hard charger, started eighth, like I said. An, an amazing start for Kassar as he was able to get by Musser. That's why he was the one that was battling with uh, Barnes on that opening lap when they had the contact. He started eighth, ends up in third after a DNF in the pre-final. So even with the penalty, still the hard charger. Yeah, great start. He was great off the line, I think, every race uh, and and put him in position to at least challenge early on. And as we saw in the pre-final lead for for at least the first half of the race until until uh, I want to say it was an engine related issue at the end of the straightaway. Here is the mini swift headline for this category. Iliff grabs career first as Vid Montien puts early stamp on title chase. Yeah, Saturday, able to see a driver earn his first victory in the Mini Swift category. It looked like it was going to be Jensen Burnett uh, on the Parallel USA machine. Jensen was able to set fast time in qualifying and come away with a pre-final win. Uh, He led early on, but it was Iliff and Vidmontien who were able to kind of draft past Burnett, and eventually uh, Burnett lost the draft from the top two. So it was just a two-driver battle on the last lap. Uh, essentially went down to the wire. Uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that between the last couple of corners, but it, it came down to a drag race to the line with only nine thousandths of a second separating the top two, with Jack Iliff scoring his first victory in the Mini Swift category, edging out Enzo Vidmontien. Yeah, overall, it was, it was a great race. Vidmontien uh, got a good run out of the final corner, pulled alongside, and just came up short of the line. Good for Jack to get that victory. Diego Ardide has kept himself in the championship fight as well. A podium finish for Diego. Jack's brother, Oscar, finishing in the fourth spot. And Burnett, who was good all day, qualified on pole, won the pre-final. He ends up in the fifth position. Hard charger from 32nd all the way up into 15th. Ryan Gianetta on the Burrell Arc. David, 17 spot improvement. Yeah, nearly won a lap uh, as the mini Swift category went 18 laps Indeed. for their main event. So nearly one position each lap. 
Uh, on Sunday, all Enzo Vidmontian in terms of the final uh, the final positions each uh, session qualified on pole, won the pre-final, and actually was able to pull away to a 3.7-second win. Uh, Vidmontian wire-to-wire on the day, David, but really it was what he was able to do in the opening lap in the main event on Sunday. He literally just jumped out to the lead. They kind of scrapped behind him a little bit, and I want to say he had like about a 1.3-second uh, gap, two or three laps in. He, he already had built the gap he needed, left everybody else to battle behind him. Yeah, that was a deciding factor was the opening lap and nobody was able to work together and run him down. He was he was solid all by himself out front and was able never put a wheel wrong. And, you know, as we said, you know, winning both races in uh, in NOLA and now winning a third on the year essentially puts an early stamp on the title chase. You know, when uh, when you're only counting five of five of the six rounds and you got three victories already uh, and a second. And a, a second. second, it puts you it puts you in a, a good title chase uh, uh, position to uh, at for entering in the summer nationals. I'm going to throw this out there, and of course, I'm sure you'll pull the points out once you get your points uh, spreadsheet dialed in to be ready to go for for the for the summer nats. But you know, Enzo's going to need maybe a, like a t- if he gets a top five, he's going to lock it in on Saturday. That's the thing, right? He's with the drop, he's only going to have to take one of his results from the weekend. So obviously a good well, position for Enzo Vidmontian. Yeah. I mean, looking at the, ch- at the championship points going into the weekend, uh, he had a uh, 65 or sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. 65 point advantage over Jack Iliff. So Iliff picking up the victory on Saturday certainly helps. And then uh, running, I want, he ran into the podium second. on yeah. Uh, yeah, sec- uh, yes, second on Sunday. So, it's it's not over. There's no there's no doubt about it. Nothing's over. Uh, but the you know three victories certainly helps. So I lift may need to pick up two victories at Newcastle in order to uh, to uh, succeed Vidmontien in the top position in the points. So the margin again, the official margin three point seven three four seconds. Enzo Vidmontien with the win in the Mini Swift class on Sunday. Jack Iliff coming home in second. Ben Mayer on the Nitro Cart uh, got himself back up into the fight on Sunday. He was third. Oscar Iliff another fourth place finish for him. Back to back P four finishes. And uh, Asher Osteen was the driver who was in the fight throughout the entire weekend as well. Uh, hard charger in the Sunday race. Johnny Stamps for Nit- uh, Nitro Cart fourteen spots. Started thirty fourth. Able to work his way into the top twenty. I w- I want to say it's been since what the Orlando brothers maybe that we've seen brothers finishing that close together in the same yeah. category. So interesting, you're right. It's, yeah, it's pretty cool to see you know Jack and Oscar running running so close together like that. Obviously, I think it's it's helping Oscar to have his little brother in the category and is actually stepping Oscar's game up a little bit because I we know he was he was mostly a mid packer racer last year. So uh, to come away with two top five finishes certainly a, a strong weekend for Oscar. Hey, let's go to Micro Swift to cap off this edition of the Race Report. Again, talking about the Supercarts USA Spring Nationals from Utah. Uh, here's Micro. Headline, first-time winners with Murphy and Seratapon. It was uh, a good good micro field uh, throughout the weekend. A little bit of chaos on Sunday. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, for the most part, really good racing all weekend long that we've seen all season long in the Micro Swift category. Uh, Augustus Toniolo was the driver to beat early on, setting fast time and qualifying and winning the pre-final. Uh, unfortunately, he kind of got shuffled back uh, on the last lap, was leading a majority of the main event. Uh, had Tristan Murphy, though, however, on his bumper. Uh, looked to be in position to win. Uh, unfortunately, Murphy was able to pull the trigger and get around him. 
And I want to say the two kind of were trying to do the over under through turns 11 and 12. And Tony Liolo just uh, got a little bit of the uh, bad end of the stick and slow, yeah. got bogged down, bogged down big time as Murphy was able to get by. Uh, that allowed Murphy to drive away to the victory, his first at the Scusa Pro Tour. Uh, unfortunately for Tony Liolo, uh, Lucas Palacia and Alessandro Trucheau were able to get by him to, uh, to steal podium positions as Augustus ended up finishing in fourth. Yeah, first podium for uh, Lucas Palacio of the comp cart. You talked about Trucheau in there, Toniolo and Cortez. Uh, hard charger, Phaeton Saradpon. And remember that name. We already talked about it in the headlines. Saradpon started in 13th, able to get up to P6 in the in the cart Republic. Uh, David, he ended up being really, the, the I'm going to say probably the star uh, or one of the primary stars on Sunday. Murphy came back after the after the win on Sunday or on Saturday to get, get the pole position. But Saradpon, Able to get the pre-final victory. Yeah, was able to get the pre-final victory. I'm going to look and see where he started. I want to say it was second. Uh, actually, no. Uh, uh, oh, where's his name? I can't find it. Did he start that far back? Where did he go? I got it right here. He's, where did he start? <laughs> started oh, yeah. in 15th. Oh, and what? On the pre-final? Or? On Sunday, yeah. Started 15th in the pre-final. Got, his, wow. got himself all the way up into into the win. So moved up 14 positions with fast laps of the race. So amazing drive got into seventh by the, uh, by the opening lap. That's what it was. So pre both the pre-final and the final had a little bit of chaos at the start. I want to say even before the green flag officially waved with drivers getting together right at the, at the starter uh, and in, in turn one as well. So a lot of contact uh, that kind of shuffled up the field, both in the pre-final final. So I think, I think Serapon was able to take advantage of that in the pre-final and work himself back up the front, up up the up the field, and was able to score the victory uh, in the pre-final. So that essentially gave him the pole position in the main event with uh, Murphy tagging along with him. The two, those two, were able to kind of get away uh, from the rest of the field uh, and settle it between them two, and it was uh, essentially a last two lap battle between those two drivers. Yeah, it ended up being the final, the, the closest finish of the day. We talked about uh, the point zero zero nine win for uh, Iliff over uh, Vidmontier, and this one ended another drag race to the line. David six thousandths of a second, Saradpon able to get that victory over Murphy. Yeah, a great photo finish uh, and a great first victory for Sarapon. Uh, Murphy nearly picking up the double, but uh, good to see him running up front now uh, and adding just a, you know, two more contenders into this micro field because you know we saw a couple drivers not not in uh, in attendance, including Isaac Malka and Kevin or Keelan Harvick. So uh, you add him, Tony, uh, Augustus, who finished third uh, on Sunday, Ashton Woon finishing fourth. He's he's on the He's just there. He's so he's going to be one of those drivers that might be adding a first victory uh, to his resume. And then uh, new to the field, Sebastian Cortez adding another fifth place position. So another new name uh, at the front of the field in the micro division. Yeah, a couple of good finishes for Gustus Toniolo for sure. Obviously finishing in uh, on on Saturday, uh, finishing in fourth spot, third on Sunday. He's definitely going to be in the championship fight before this is all said and done. Uh, Lucas Palacio, second place on Saturday, didn't had some kind of an issue in the pre-final. Started back in twenty-second, but he was able to drive up to sixth spot. Not bad for seven years of age. The sixteen positions on Sunday for Palacio. Yeah, one of those drivers that was in uh, the opening lap wreck uh, on the pre-final. 
copy. There you go. All right, folks, our last break, and we'll get back. We'll wrap things up from this edition of the Supercarts USA Spring Nationals. We'll have a look at the Constructors' Championship, 11 different brands scoring wins in Utah, and then we'll cap things off with the EKN Trackside Live race calendar for the next couple of months. Stay with us. We'll wrap things up after this break. Leading Edge Motorsports is the industry answer to winning in karting. At the helm is industry veteran Greg Bell, who has orchestrated the success of many drivers dating back to the mid-1990s. Based in Lodi, California, Leading Edge Motorsports is the western importer with IP karting that includes the Praga and Formula K chassis brands. Leading Edge Motorsports provides in-depth driver development for those racers in Northern California and across the country. Arrive and Drive services, cart preparation, and driver coaching are available under the LEM tent throughout the season. Bell's record of working with drivers includes recent victories at North America's biggest karting events, including the Rock the Rio and the Scusa Super Nationals. Greg Bell's knowledge for building engines spans two decades and is now under the Mega Power branding, providing reliable engine service and tuning knowledge. No matter the chassis brand, choose Mega Power to get to the front. Click over to LeadingEdgeMotorsports.com for more and find them on social media to stay connected. At Leading Edge Motorsports, winning never gets old. CKR is all about quality, and CKR USA is where you can get your hands on these winning chassis in the United States. It's the CKR Barracuda 32mm shifter car chassis, the 100cc focused Stingray, these are two popular models contributing to the success of this thriving brand. And CKR USA is where you'll find carts, parts, and everything you need to go racing. Delivering the latest innovation in kart racing technology, CKR carries its own distinctive frame design. Made from hand-selected material, CKR kart chassis combine the highest grade tubing and hardware, ensuring first-rate standards of production. CKR USA has a large footprint in the U.S. karting market and continues to grow rapidly throughout the country. Fully homologated chassis have been proven by top-notch performances from coast to coast in North America. CKR has stood on top of the podium in Supercarts USA and F-Series competition, as well as kart clubs around the country. The podiums and championships will continue to pile up in 2021. CKR USA is now in its sixth year of business, and we're adding new authorized dealers and support centers for the chassis line. Visit ckr-usa.com or call 208-384-KART and go CKR Blue. Welcome back to the this edition, episode 81 of the EKN Debrief, our race report podcast from the Supercarts USA Pro Tour Spring Nationals at Utah Motorsports Campus this past weekend, May uh, the the twenty uh, first to twenty third. David, let's wrap things up here right now. Very cool, like we said, a lot of first time winners this particular weekend uh, at the Spring Nationals. Yeah, a lot of first time winners, as we just mentioned too. In micro alone, we had two in the KA one hundred senior division. Uh, a couple others picking up victories for the first time in their respective categories. So uh, a lot of first-time winners on the Pro Tour. Yeah, Hannah Greenmeyer, of course, being one of them, and a lot of them coming out of the uh, Rawlison Performance Group tent with Caleb Schrader and Nolan Allison as well. Um, 
one of the things we we you and I weren't able to didn't have time to be able to stay for, but they were Supercars USA did, did a fuel test on Monday. A couple of teams staying to to test fuel and and, uh, and to, to see how they uh, how the engines handle that that new potential fuel. Yeah, we'll have to uh, to wait and see what Supercars USA uh, tells us about the the test. We'll get with uh, you know some of the teams. I believe Rollison Performance Group, possibly Leading Edge Motorsports, Leading and a few yeah. others uh, in attendance. I believe it. I want to say it was all with X thirty. Uh, engine power plants. Uh, one thing that we'll be looking for, uh, folks, is uh, David. I've talked about it a little bit, David. Uh, after this third and fourth round, the championship chase more formed, right? We kind of figure out kind of which drivers are going to be in the fight when we go to the go to the summer nats, especially if you're a driver who has not had a bad race yet. A guy like Orion Norberg and Connor Zilich, they both had their drop. Essentially, they both DNF'd one of the races this past weekend. Those without DNFs going in with a lot better positioning. But like you said, David, you never know what happens. It's so easy to get caught into a couple of incidents and do two DNFs at the summer Nats and find yourself on the outside looking in. Yeah. I think the micro swift category is going to be fun to watch because a number of drivers up front there, but like you said, the X 30 category, X 30 senior category, uh, drivers with drops already. I think Brandon Tyner is going to be the driver leading the championship when we go into Newcastle. Again, we'll talk about that more in our Outlap podcast before the that race weekend. But uh, aside from you know Pro Shifter, I think a lot of the uh, the championship chases are up for grab. Yeah, agreed. Uh, let's have a look at the Constructors' Championship. I mentioned before the break, 11 different brands uh, scoring uh, race wins, but uh, a pretty solid weekend all told for the o- OTK brands as they end up with nine total. Yeah, Cosmic leading the way with four victories, as you mentioned, X30 Senior, two victories there, along with the two victories in KA100 Senior. So they lead the uh, the brands with four victories. Tony Cart grabbing three. One in KA100 Junior, one in X30 Junior, along with Mini Swift, Magic Kart, and Burrell Art with two victories apiece. And then Ricardo Kart, EOS, Red Speed, Kart Republic, Will Power Kart, Nitro Kart, and Bennick all earning one victory. All, all with one one win. And again, 11 brands in total. All right, folks, let's have a look at the EK and Trackside Live race calendar presented today by the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the -the state-of-the-art Speed Sports Racing Park just north of Houston, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy offers custom coaching programs for newcomers and experienced racers alike. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-7223. Now, David, you said this at the very beginning of the podcast. We get ready to wrap things up right now. All that national racing that happened, the Winter Series, you know, the three different Winter Series, USPKS, Scusa Winter, you know, all that racing through the first half, you know, for the first five months of the year. All of a sudden, now it's club and regional time, right? Because when we look at the EK and Trackside Live calendar, of course, our Trackside Live program brought, about, brought to you by Cooper Tires, we got two races. We got nothing in June. One in July and one at the start of August, the middle of August right now is what we're looking forward to. We, we only have a couple of trackside dates over the next couple of months. Yes, it's uh, it's the focus on regrouping, re, re, uh, get, getting some sleep, getting the uh, <laughs> getting the carts and and all the all the everything ready and to go for the summer months. But yeah, majority of the racing now, uh, one off events, a number of one off events uh, in the month of June and July. But uh, really, the focus is now to kind of regroup and re-energize each other, themselves and and the race teams, get some testing done, 
uh, you sure. to the family. Yeah. You know, maybe a little vacation here or there and, uh, and stuff like that as, uh, as we get ready to, uh, our next event on July 9th through the 11th at the United for the United States pro card series, heading back to the SeaTech manufacturing motorplex at road America for the Badger state grand prix in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. From there, David and I'll be back together August 13th, 14th, 15th for the final round of the Supercarts USA Pro Tour Summer Nationals. Newcastle, of course, seems to be the home of that event. Newcastle, Indiana, we look forward to getting there uh, for another uh, amazing event. We'll find out which drivers come away with the national number one plates for the 2022 season. Otherwise, David, those are the events on the schedule. We just wrapped up the Spring Nationals. Uh, like you said, a little bit of time maybe to press the reset button. There are some great races coming down the line, like the Quincy Grand Prix on the first week of June. But otherwise, uh, you get a chance to be at home for a little while, work on that grass, and uh, and, and uh, spend some time with the family before we get back out on the road. Yeah, and one more thing about the uh, this past weekend. Uh, no red flags, no major injuries. So uh, yeah, another right. good race weekend overall for uh, for the sport of karting. That's normally something we pick up in the paddock pass, didn't this time, but you're exactly right. No red flags whatsoever, which is, uh, and again, we never want to talk about it till it's done, right? <laughs> now, but, it's uh, done. now it's now done. Now it's done. <laughs> All right, David, thank you so much, buddy. We are wrapped up here, folks. Episode number 81 of the EKN Debrief. That was your full race report uh, on the, uh, the Supercarts USA Pro Tour Spring Nationals, the 11th running of the event. Third and fourth rounds of the Supercarts USA Pro Tour. Again, if you haven't downloaded the EKN Radio Network app, get that done ASAP. All of our uh, content coming out on the app first. Then, of course, uh, you can uh, subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean. Subscribe to the podcast. A lot of what David will be doing in the next couple of weeks are, uh, as well. All the audio from the main events of our ECAN trackside live coverage events, they end up getting put on YouTube. We've got them on YouTube, so you can listen to them there. We'll have more YouTube stuff coming. I know I've got interviews coming up with Brittany Loboff from the Texas Sprint Racing Series. We're going to talk to Kevin uh, Williams and a number of the players involved in the U.S. Karting Grand Prix, which will take place at the Utah Motorsport Campus in late July. A lot more content coming up. Make sure you like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube as well. Lots of different opportunities to get content and look for those of you listening to this broadcast as well. Look forward to some upcoming EKN news desk newsletters on the email. And again, big thank you to all of you for being part of EKN nation. That wraps things up here for this edition of the podcast folks on behalf of David Cole. My name's Rob Howden. Bye for now.